All Things Conceivable, a surrogacy podcast with Nazca Fontes. Listeners, welcome. Thanks for joining me in All Things Conceivable podcast. And I have a very special guest today. And I have to say, you know, one of the big questions that I always get asked every time I share what I do um, professionally, that burning question is, why would a woman be a surrogate? So I'm sure for many of our listeners, you have that same question. You're wondering why it is that a woman decides to become a gestational surrogate. Well, for over 25 years, we've been helping people here at Conceivabilities grow their families. And in all of those years, I'm never not amazed by how incredible and special these women really are, uh, truly. And today we have one of those special women with us. We have Sam Matthews. She's a surrogate who has successfully completed a surrogacy journey very recently by delivering a beautiful baby boy on behalf of her intended family. And if you're a TikTok user, you might even have uh, experienced or come across her channel known as We Are Dan and Sam. So Sam, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. One of the things that I have found by spending a lot of time on your TikTok channel, which I adore, (laughs) is that um, you and your husband and two young children are currently traveling the U.S. in an RV. Is that right? Yes. So we hit the road. I think I was three and a half weeks postpartum. Um, We love adventure and travel. And we just figured why not hit the road? It was a good transition from surrogacy, which I I can talk about later. But yeah, we have two young kids. Canyon is six now and Ember is four. We just added a puppy to the family. And so we are loving just sightseeing and hitting different states. You're also homeschooling your children. Yes, I am. Oh my gosh, a week and a half in. I love the flexibility of it. When did you first become interested in the idea of becoming a surrogate? Yeah, so um, I had our youngest, Ember, in March of 2018, and I loved being pregnant. We felt done with our family. We had a boy, we had a girl, but I still desired to be pregnant. And so I just kind of, you know, brushed it off, Um, was talking with a friend one day and she's like, are you guys going to have more kids? I'm like, you know, I think we're good, but I would love to be pregnant again. I'm like, is that a weird feeling? She was like, no, you need to become a surrogate. I was like, I actually thought about that the other day, haven't looked into it. And so we talked about it a little bit. I did some more research. Did you have that moment where you felt like we're in a good spot? The time is right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm a big believer too in like the timing of things. You just have to make sure, you know, you have the right support and different things are in place before because it's a big journey. Surrogates actually do call it a calling. It is definitely a calling um, to where someone, you know, you have to have the mental strength for it, the physical strength, the spiritual strength to it. You know, our body, my body's able to, um, then why not help someone else? You know, we get one life on this earth and I want to use it for good. Feeling led to do something and following through with it is such a great feeling. Tell me how you decided you wanted to share your journey on TikTok. Yeah. So at the time we were already sharing our life on social social media, we had for about a year, I think a year and a half at that time, just about life, motherhood. We were renovating RVs at the time. We lived in our RV. And so it just made sense to continue sharing it. And we're very big on sharing the good and the bad in life because, you know, life isn't always peaches and cream. There's things that go wrong. And so we shared, um, you know, the ups and the downs of stuff. 
But whenever we started the journey, I looked to social media for, okay, how can I prepare for this? What can I expect? And I didn't find, I found one, one woman that I followed and that was it. And, you know, I found some articles, but there wasn't someone that I followed from start to be from start to end. And I was like, dang, how great would that be for us to share our journey from matching to delivery and just share the good and the bad, you know, the shots, the appointments, um, the feelings, the emotions, the excitement, the joy to share it all in hopes that it would be encouragement to someone else. I never felt like we were oversharing just because um, it's stuff that's relatable. It's stuff that people want to know. You don't, we never wanted to be like, oh, surrogacy is perfect and it's so easy. And once you start, you end up with, you know, a healthy delivery. Every pregnancy is different. Every surrogacy journey is different. Every matching process is different. Um, and so we, each step of the way, we're just, honest that hey for us this is how we're handling it this is how it's going and so um i i felt like whenever we would share it it allowed us like we were vulnerable in our feelings it opened the door for people to message and come forward and say hey thank you so much for sharing because it's allowed me to have hope that there's a surrogate out there that can carry our baby or thank you so much for sharing because as a surrogate I was nervous you know I wanted to do this or I'm doing it for our sister but I was nervous but you gave me hope and encouragement that you know it's going to be okay and you know just something to look forward to and so the good definitely outweighed the bad when it came to sharing. Your husband is featured um, quite a bit in your content so how did you talk to him about wanting to be a surrogate and how you know, how did he decide to become so involved also in your content? Yeah. Um, so I brought it up to him, um, you know, back in 2018. I was like, hey, so we're done having kids. I really liked pregnancy. I like labor, which he's like, yes, I know. And I was like, what is your thought of, you know, us doing surrogacy? And he was like, we're not giving our baby away. And I'm like, well, you know, I explained to him traditional versus gestational, that it's not our baby. He did some more research. And after about a week of talking about it, praying about it, he was like, all right, I'm on board. Let's do this. And so um, just making sure he understood what all he was getting into, because I knew that I would need his support um, in not only labor in, you know, delivery, I need him there and, you know, to hold my hand and tell me I can do it. But throughout the journey, I'm not a needles person. I hate shots. So I needed his full support on giving me my nightly progesterone shots. Um, It's an emotional journey. And so I needed his strength for that. And so I wanted to make sure that he was okay and comfortable with me doing it and be able to be that full support that I need. And so whether one has a husband or a spouse or or partner or friend or sibling that can be that for them, it's so important because pregnancy alone is, is crazy and emotional. And then throw on the top, just the journey as a whole, it's just a lot. And so having that is really important, but yeah, you know, through making content for the years, we've, we've tried to just keep each other involved and we kind of laugh sometimes because it tends to be the Sam show on we are Dan and Sam. So I'm like, I've got to bring him in to, to, you know, hold up his part of the name, but um, it was fun and it was relatable and, you know, just encouraging other couples who are going through surrogacy, Hey, get your spouse involved, get, you know, your partner involved and um, do it as a team. And, you know, cause I need him and, you know, he wants to be there for me. And so it just made it, it just made it more fun to share in that way with each other. What are the five things, Sam, that you would (laughs) never do as a surrogate? (laughs) The five things I would never do as a surrogate. I almost want to say like, like tie it to social media. Like, I feel like I said, I would never post myself in my underwear (laughs) online. (laughs) 
and I'm like in my pregnant like my pregnant belly in my Calvin Klein set showing like milestones I was like oh great did that um I said I would never give myself a shot because I would not be able to handle it and oh my gosh I had to do it one night Dan was away at an event and my friend was busy and I was like oh no I have to do this I went on live on TikTok like 800 people were watching me as I did it I almost passed out but I did it um what else I i oh my gosh talked about condoms online and how awkward it is but it's relatable like awkward buying them and then everyone's staring at you and then you're buying like condoms slash you're buying pregnancy tests at the same time like <laughs> like what are people thinking oh, that's um, funny you know um with people you know congratulating you on your pregnancy and you're like oh actually it's not mine and then you know they look at my husband and they're like okay and he's like it's not mine either and then everyone's just confused so oh, so many different things <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'd love to hear from you a little bit about the relationship that you built with your intended family. Our first um, journey, we matched with them, started meds. Um, my uterine lining wasn't thickening, so we were about to start a second med cycle when they got pregnant naturally. Her pregnancy went so well, and they it was perfect after years of loss, um, and they delivered their baby, healthy baby girl, in September of 2021. And so it was amazing just connecting with them and hearing their story and going through the journey with them, but then seeing, you know, their story unfold in that way. And we still keep in touch and, you know, I follow them on social media. And so it's so cool just to see their family together and their cute daughter. Um, and so that was fun. We matched with our second set of intended parents um, for our first full journey. And we went down to where they live and visited them. They met the kids. And so it was nice just to, meet them as a family, meet their family. We met their parents um, and they, you know, connected with the kids and, you know, excited to just start the journey with them and to be a part of their life. We did desire an open relationship, which I think is important to talk about when someone um, decides to start a journey is, um, you know, do you want an open or closed relationship? Because some people, some circuits just want to deliver the baby and kind of move on with life or some intended parents just kind of want that separation. And so talking about that is important. Um, and so we wanted to, you know, stay in touch as much as possible. I think the journey was more emotional um, and weighing than they anticipated. And so they just kind of asked for a little bit of space and we wanted to respect that. And so through, um, through the pregnancy journey, you know, we just updated them on things that were important and how baby was doing, just being receptive to each other's feelings and open and communicating, you know, like a marriage or um, you know, you want to have that communication and talk about it and um, learn from each other. And so it's the same with the journey. How did you describe or explain surrogacy to your own children? Um, so they were three and four when we matched with them. And we just said, hey, um, mommy and daddy have some friends who can't have a baby. Do you think it'd be nice if mommy has a baby for them? And they're like, oh yeah, is a baby in your belly? Is a baby in your belly? So they just kind of, you know, didn't really know what to expect. But then after that first surrogacy journey ended and the second one um, started and we, you know, matched with the parents, they understood it a little bit more and we didn't really say much to them until we transferred. And then from that point on, they were really invested in the baby. But multiple times we, you know, every time we talked about it, it was, Oh, the babies for the parents and they you know I think meeting the parents and they knew whose the baby was that there wasn't um any confusion and 
every now and then Ember would be like, oh, but where's our baby? Like, are we going to have a baby? I want a baby. And we would just, we would just direct the attention, like divert attention to, oh, we're going to get a puppy and we're going to hit the road in the RV. And then she would forget about it. So, you know, kids, kids will dwell on something as long as you allow them to, but they're very quick to just, you know, divert their attention somewhere else and be like, okay, sounds good. And so we just reminded them often that the baby wasn't for us. It was for their parents. Oh, so interesting. And then did they get a chance to meet the baby? They did. Yeah. So we um, discharged the day after delivery, the intended parents for two days after delivery and before they headed back to their home state. We um, and this was something we wanted to agree on in contract too that the kids had that time to meet the baby and just had that closure because, again, I was nervous of how they would handle it. And um, they were able to meet baby. We they saw baby little toes and fingers once we left the house to, oh, we got you a gift. You know, the baby got you a gift and we got them some of their favorite toys and um, they kind of forgot about it, which was great because I just didn't want it to be a hard transition for them. Sure. Yeah. You know, you've mentioned a few times um, your faith in this conversation and I would love to hear more and I'm sure our listeners would love to hear more too about how your faith maybe guided this process for you or how you pulled from your faith in, in, you know, moments where you needed a little extra something in the journey, but anything you can talk about how your faith has guided you through surrogacy. Yeah. Yeah. So from the beginning, when we felt that calling on our heart, I did feel like it was the Lord that placed it on my heart. And I felt like it was confirmed. That calling was confirmed by my friend when we talked, um, because I didn't say I want to be a surrogate to anybody. And she out of nowhere was like, you need to do surrogacy. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so from that point, just that confirmation of, you know, feeling led to do this. And then every step of the way we prayed, I did have a hematoma definitely a miscarriage scare. And I was so scared because I'd never gone through that before. And so pulling, you know, close to the Lord and just praying in those moments, like, God, we believe you called us to this. We believe, you know, this, this is the couple for, for us in this journey. And we were open about that on social media too, that there were times where, you know, I was crying and in all of our YouTube episodes before our appointments were praying after appointments were praying and just sharing that vulnerable part of our life that, it is just such a big part of our life and um, so important to us. What were some of the most memorable questions that people asked you? Either the myths, the misconceptions, things you maybe laughed at, anything that yeah. you can think about? Oh my gosh, so many. I'm like reading through the comments some days was, you know, funny, but then there's also moments of like, oh, they just don't know. Or, you know, then there's the few that are hurtful, but. Um, you know, one of the biggest things was how can you give baby away? And then we explained that genetically as a gestational carrier, it's not, it's, you know, not related to me. Um, you know, people were curious on how transfer worked. And to be honest, when we've, you know, first pursued surrogacy, I didn't know. And so explaining how IVF worked, that it was, you know, through in a clinic, through a catheter, um, that, you know, overseen by a doctor and not something, you know, at times there's like different, you know, processes and how people do it. Um, but that our process was very legitimate. You know, there's attorneys involved, escrow involved, clinics involved, doctors. It's not, we're not doing anything shady. This is all like, you know, how it should be. Um, and, you know, people were curious too on how the transition would go with handing baby over. Um, you know, would I, would I be sad or, um, you know, sad, just not having baby and coming, bringing home baby for ourselves. Um, and let's see what else. 
just so curious. Oh, they were curious on how, like the, if the husband would be in the delivery room and how that all played out. So many different questions and concerns, some um, funny and some just, you know, a lack of knowledge of people because surrogacy is not, I mean, it's becoming more common now, but not widely talked about. Sure, there there is a lack of knowledge, still a mm -hmm. lot of myths, still a lot of misconceptions, still a lot of commentary. I mean, in particular, yeah. I know one of your posts, which really happened to strike a chord with me, it, is that you were you you um, were getting a lot of comments that imply that you were not honest about your recovery and your feelings postpartum, yeah. and that you implied that you should be struggling somehow. And you even said it was almost like people that were mad at you that you were proving that surrogates don't have emotional attachments to the baby, and they were kind of quote yeah. mad at you. Yeah, definitely. It goes back to you saying that you know becoming a surrogate is definitely a calling that it's not for everyone. Not everyone can emotionally handle it. Not everyone can physically handle it. Um, and so when, you know, I with Dean and I did a ton of research early on and how to prepare for it, how to plan for that transition, which is one of the reasons why we decided to hit the road, um, in the RV, because one article I found, and I wish I would have saved it back in 2018 when I looked it up was spend time with your family, spend time with your kids, focus on your children, make memories, go on a vacation, to have a trip together and we're very thankful that both of us work for ourselves and can work remotely and so we're like why not hit the road in the rv and travel and just go wherever you know life leads us and so we set so much in place to prevent any postpartum depression postpartum anxiety i'm very thankful to say that through my two um our babies pregnancies or deliveries, I didn't have any postpartum, but I didn't know how this one would, would go with the transition of, you know, my body doesn't realize that that baby's not mine. My body carried the baby like emotionally and mentally. I know that baby's not mine, but my body doesn't. And so I didn't want, um, you know, to fall into those feelings. And so we just wanted to be proactive and work against it. And, um, yeah, you know, emotionally, yes, there's a strong connection to the baby. We prayed over that baby's life day after day after day, we prayed for their parents. Um, we, you know, were excited for growth and milestones. My daughter talked to the baby. So emotionally, we were definitely invested in their life and in the pregnancy. But I always say that maternally, I wasn't invested because that was never my role to fill. And I feel like that would be very disrespectful to not only disrespectful, but just not right. Because I knew going into it, being a mother wasn't my role to this baby. The baby had a mom, had a dad, and that's their role to fill. And so from the beginning, prior to transfer, knowing that it's not yours changes your perspective so much. Because when you go into transfer, it's like, okay, baby's stuck. And then you're sharing the good news with the parents. Okay, beta's good. And then you're talking with the parents about that. Okay, we got a positive pregnancy test. Okay, we made it to 20 weeks. You know, that every step of the way, you're excited for them, for their baby. We're not picking out a name. We're not buying clothes. We're not, you know, planning a nursery. <laughs> yeah, and so- right. It just, it changes. It's so different. You, you know, I'm living my life other than sharing our journey. I wasn't, um, you know, too invested in the pregnancy or in the baby's life, more so just the pregnancy. And speaking of pregnancy and, you know, you did mention early on that you loved being pregnant and you even loved labor. So tell me yeah. with your surrogacy <laughs> pregnancy and delivery, what was, what was it like? What was delivery like? And how yeah. was your fourth trimester recovery like? Okay, so this, yeah, my first two, um, so for our kids, my pregnancies were super easy. I was able to stay active 
and, you know, work out and travel through all of it. And then delivery and recovery was great. So I was like, why not do this again? So this time, because of the IVF meds, you know, I gained a little bit more weight. I had um, morning sickness, never had morning sickness before. So that was very fun. I did get COVID twice during this pregnancy. So then there was that on top of it. Um, But I'm very thankful that I still was able to, um, you know, live life to the force, to the fullest, be active and work out and travel. Um, You know, we only had certain travel restrictions up to a certain point. So we still, we went to Florida, we went to Wisconsin. And um, even with the morning sickness and whatnot, I still would say it was a good pregnancy because although we had a hematoma, you know, which is kind of common with IVF pregnancies, other than that, it was a textbook pregnancy. And so I can't, I don't have much to complain about. And delivery was great. I, um, I actually was induced because our NST baby failed the 39 week NST and then the BPP. um, I forget what the score was, but the movement was great, but baby didn't have that 30 seconds of practice breathing. It only had like five seconds here and there. And so they decided to induce us, which I was nervous because I never had been induced before Um, for our two kids. I went into spontaneous labor, delivered very short labors, I think like four or six hours. And so With this one, I was like, dang, this is weird being admitted, not having contractions, not feeling anything. And then, you know, being induced, it kind of happened quickly that I felt like I didn't have time to like fully process it. But delivery was so quick. And, you know, seeing them in the moment with the baby was like such a memorable experience. And it was crazy delivering right after baby was here. I turned to my husband. I'm like, we did it. We did it. And I'm so thankful we got it on camera and just were able to like document that for ourselves. And then afterward, I'm like, oh yeah, baby, where's baby? What gender is baby? Are you good? Okay. Sounds good. And then, you know, went back to just spending time with my husband and just, just it all coming to completion in that moment. Like we did it. Like what we set out to do, what we vowed to do, what we agreed to do for this couple, like we brought them their healthy baby boy. And I'm so thankful for that. And yeah, seeing them was so great. And then healing, um, you know, I felt like it took longer almost, but then again, it wasn't, it was probably three and a half weeks, four weeks to where I was like, all right, feeling back to normal. (laughs) But I feel like it, it went slower because we didn't have that, you know, baby to take care of. And I was only working, you know, worrying about myself and it just kind of seemed like it drug on for a while. Yeah, I know a lot of a lot of surrogates. Um, it's an interesting period of time because you know this is often their first experience of going home to heal without yeah. caretaking for a newborn, and it really yeah. can be a different experience. And certainly at Conceivabilities, we structure a whole fourth trimester care and recovery program around That's them so just good. to make sure they're getting exactly what they need and what their family needs at that time because it is yeah. a little bit different for everybody. I loved how you talked about the moment where, you know, you turn to Dan, you say, we did it. Every yeah. single surrogate will tell you like the pinnacle of their experience is the moment that they watch their intended parents become parents. And it's yeah. a joy that just can't be expressed adequately enough in words. You have to see it and feel it to understand it. And surrogates, I mean, that's everything they work towards. It's the joy that they oh, yeah. love to give others. Yeah. And, you know, they always say that that moment right there is what it's all about. And it's that moment that makes them want to do it again and, you know, have that give that to another set of parents. And people online were kind of cracking up because I said I did say we did it. We did it. And they're like, we you mean you did it? And I'm like, yes, I did it. But again, I wouldn't be able to do without Dan, like in the in delivery, you know, him holding my hand him 
holding my leg up and, you know, doing all my shots throughout the whole journey, throughout delivery, I would not have been able to do it alone. So yes, we did it. (laughs) Absolutely. 110%. You know, Sam, you do such a great job, even just not only on your TikTok, but even during this podcast of just in a very straightforward, easy to understand manner, just educate listeners about surrogacy. What are the facts about surrogacy that you most want people to know? Um, ooh, yes, we share all of it on social media, on all platforms. And let me real quick before I hit that was whenever I started, I didn't um, see a lot of, like I said, steps from the beginning to the end and sharing every step of the way um, from medication to transfer to delivery. And so I wanted to share just to give that insight and advice. And that some people think that, oh, I've had a miscarriage, I can't become a surrogate, or oh, I um, had my tubes tied, I can't become a surrogate. But, you know, through this journey, we've learned so much myself. And I always say, I don't know everything, I'm continuing to learn. And, you know, we're learning and growing together. But that's something that I learned that, oh, you know, you don't have to have your tubes because the baby is placed inside your uterus. Or even though you've had a miscarriage, you know, if a doctor reviews your medical records and still determines you're able to do it, then great. Or, okay, you've had four kids. Can you still become a surrogate? You know, there's different reasons or different things that would disqualify you or, you know, qualify you to be, to do it. And so don't let the fear of, oh, I've had this, or I don't know if I'll qualify. Like, just look into if it's something that you feel led to do and you kind of feel called to do research it, look into it. And if it's meant to be, it'll happen. And if not, you know, just support those that are doing it and wish them the best because, you know, not, it's not for everyone. And, you know, but there are so many intended parents out there that are waiting for their miracle that are waiting for, um, you know, someone to help them create a family and we, and for you to sit back and be like, Oh, it's not for me. You know, that you could be the one that, completes their family. And so just look into it. Oh, good advice. Great advice. I don't think people really understand the number of intended parents out there waiting and hoping for the right match. If other women are listening to us or they're tuning into some of your social media, um, what would you tell them if they're thinking about becoming a surrogate and whether or not it's right for them? What piece of advice would you share? Um, So a few things. First, determine if you're done having your own children. Not to say you can't have more kids after you complete a surrogacy journey, but because, um, you know, pregnancy and delivery and an IVF process in general is just a risky thing that so much could happen. If you do lose reproductive organs or fertility, and then you kind of would have to mourn that loss of carrying another baby yourself. So I always say, make sure you're done building your family first. Second thing, make sure you meet the requirements and maybe not in these orders, but make sure you meet the, meet the requirements before you get your hopes up, before you get someone else's hopes up that you could be a surrogate for them because a doctor could look at your records and determine that you're not the best candidate for a surrogacy journey. Yes, maybe you had, you know, your great pregnancies and deliveries, but because of your records, something happened that just wouldn't allow it. Make sure you meet those, those requirements. And then the third thing, the biggest thing I think is have um, support, family support, friend support, um, you know, at least one, one support person that will be with you throughout the entire journey. No, not everyone's going to agree with you. We're very thankful that our friends were like, Hey, you're crazy, but I'm here for you. I support you, (laughs) you know, go for it. Our family was supportive through all of it. Um, and so that was important, but yeah, I feel like those three things are really important to look at and to take into consideration before you start a journey. 
And I have to tell you then, now that you've completed a journey successfully, um, brought so much joy to a set of intended parents and made a family for them, you've set yeah. out on this great adventure with your husband and kids on the road in an RV. What's next? <laughs> Everyone wants to know, are we going to do another journey? We've had multiple people message us and I wish sometimes that I was Oprah and I'm like, you can get a baby, you get a baby, you get a baby. Um, we have talked about a second journey. We've prayed about it again, prayers and just the Lord confirming that giving us a piece about it is very big to us. My biggest concern was how the kids transitioned with it and how I transitioned. And if my husband was okay with me doing another one, when we first started looking the surrogacy, we did not set out to do multiple. I thought it would be one journey, but we have loved just sharing our life and being open in this way and encouraging so many people, inspiring so many people. And because the journey went so well, it's like, why, why not, you know, why not do it again? And so we are finishing praying about it talking about it. We do feel that peace. I think right now we're just waiting on the timing of it. And so, um, maybe you'll see another journey in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a teaser. If there ever was right? one, that's a teaser. All exactly. Right. I love it. So now that you have one successful journey in your rearview mirror, can you look back on that and say, wow, that was my aha moment as a surrogate? Like, was there anything you can point to where just like it was a watershed moment for you? Um, I, I mean, it sounds cliche in the surrogacy world, but that moment when they held their baby and, you know, Dan took some photos in the delivery room after and just scrolling back through them and just seeing their eyes filled with so much joy and gratitude and thankfulness and just realizing that that's what it was all about. Um, and then also I've screenshot multiple, like dozens, probably hundreds of messages from intended parents. And those ones stick out to me the most because you know, we're so thankful that we've encouraged hundreds of women to become surrogates. And I want to do a poll one day because I feel like that'd be awesome just to see um, the impact that we've had with encouraging people to do that. But the messages we receive from intended parents, you know, they've gone through so much hurt, so much loss. They, you know, are, have lost joy and no peace and no hope, but to see our journey and to see that hey, I'm a normal person, you know, I'm not perfect, I have ups and downs, but we're showing you that there is that person out there who will, you know, be your help be your miracle. And they would message such vulnerable things like, hey, we've gone through loss, we've gone through this, this and this. But I just want to say thank you for sharing because you're encouraging us that there's hope that at the you know, that soon our time is coming. And that for me, like, reading those messages just makes everything worth it worth it it makes you know even going through the miscarriage scare it makes going through every shot that we had to go through i hate needles um it makes it all worth it and that's when not only just the surrogacy journey in general but sharing our story was that i realized that's why i share that's why we opened our life up in this way to get those messages like that and just realize that you know their life is being changed from ours. And so we were thankful for that. It's keeping hope alive for them. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Well, Sam, your story is incredible. Your willingness to be open and vulnerable and to educate and to bring people along with you has been a joy to watch and discover. So thank you as someone who 
lives and breathes every day in the world of surrogacy, I think you're doing a great job. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to share. So I loved Sam's aha moment. I mean, what a wise surrogate. Uh, What a pleasure to have her on here. And she really made me think about my own aha moment from this podcast. And as I was going through the inventory of all the terrific things that we talked about, what really stood out to me was this this, um, unspoken thread of assumptions and that folks should never make assumptions about surrogacy, whether it's someone's motivation to be a surrogate, uh, whether or not they will qualify to be a surrogate, what kind of relationship they'll ultimately have, either as a surrogate with their intended family or with an agency or with um, perhaps their their audience on social media. Um, there's a lot of myths that swirl around this process and folks' reactions will be different from time to time. They're unpredictable. So my biggest aha moment and takeaway from this time with Sam was, whatever your thoughts are about surrogacy, um, don't make any assumptions. Go in with a pure heart, with a clear motive, with great intentions, and the rest will fall into place where it should. So listeners, thank you for joining me today on All Things Conceivable. It's been a pleasure to have you. Until next time, take care. At Conceivabilities, we believe that everyone who wants to become a parent can. Our agency has helped build thousands of families for over 25 years. Whether you are an intended parent ready to fulfill your family destiny, a surrogate answering your calling, or an egg donor wanting to expand what's possible in your life, we are your people. See how matching matters. Learn more by joining our Surrogacy Learning Center community at surrogacylearningcenter.conceivabilities.com.